This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shop First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Jeff can't get over the clapping. That's all. You guys are all out of sync. <laughs> Something was weird. Anyway, uh, this week we're talking about Die Hard 2, colon. Who left the fridge open? Die Harder. Came out in 1990, starring Bruce Willis. And Oh, Bruce Willis? <laughs> and other people. Uh, Bonnie Padella, his wife, Holly McLean, William Atherton, Reginaldville Johnson, Franco Nero, William Sadler, Johnny yeah. Moose, Dennis Franz, and Fred Dalton Thompson. There you go. Mm-hmm. And, nice. and I will say uh, Patrick O'Neill from Fox Sports West. We'll get into <laughs> that later. I uh, got some honorable mentions for actors, but we'll get into those later. <laughs> okay. Uh, this was the big sequel uh, following the, the original classic uh, Die Hard. I did see this in the theater. I remember going to see it with my brother and next door neighbor Travis. And uh, I liked it as a kid. I, later on, I did not like it as much, but I remember appreciating it as a kid. Really, you know, it was fun. And the most classic moment of this, like I said, we went to see it. I think my mom took us and dropped us off. And then Travis's mom came and picked us up. <laughs> And Travis was like, I mean, he's younger than my brother, who was four years younger than me. So I, he was pretty young. I don't know how they let us in to see this, because I'm sure it's <laughs> R. Yes, it is. Uh, anyway, we're on the way back, and she's like, oh, wow, it's so cool. And then he catches a plane on fire, and he says, yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"What?" laughs> oh, fudge. yippee ki Mr. Falcon. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what we talked about more as we go along. But uh, yeah, that's my history. I saw the movie theater. I've seen it a few times uh, on, you know, rental and everything since then. But it's probably, of the original three, the least watched for me. It's, that's my history with it. Um, yeah. Alex. Uh, yeah, I can't remember when I saw this first time. I want to say that we saw it at our old giant stadium theater at the Cynodome. That's where we uh, saw it. Yeah. yeah, I probably saw it there. But not that memorable for me, anyways. The first time I saw it. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. This is the the least watched of the three Die Hard movies that exist, and none else. <laughs> when John McClane's still an everyday man, not a <laughs> a one minute ki- yeah, one man a... killing machine. Yeah, when he he's unbreakable, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, Scott. <laughs> so. <sighs> I want to say I saw this in the theaters. Which just goes back to that whole thing of, like you're saying, Jeff, uh, <laughs> yeah. I probably should not have been seeing it, but uh, we did. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the the scene at the very beginning is kind of a giveaway of <laughs> who should be watching this movie. But, uh, yeah, saw in the theater. Um, you know, as, as a kid, I'm sure I'd seen Die Hard at that point. But... Uh, yeah, I, I don't remember if I 
had seen that one first or not, but uh, it doesn't really matter, I guess. But yeah. In the theaters. Okay. So this is 1990. I would have been 13. My brother would have been nine. And how how much younger is Travis than you guys, Alex? Like two or three, right? Years younger? Yeah. <laughs> so Travis was six, seven years old. Yeah. He went to see a rated R movie. You shouldn't have. <laughs> you shouldn't have been watching that. It was the 80s or early, early 90s. It's, 90s. It's, it was in the 90s, but it was an 80s movie. That's not... Yeah. Yeah. The, the decade doesn't really end when the calendar changes. Yeah, right? not, not, it for, not for movies. over. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like music especially. All right. Uh, I'll go first with this because I think I am the one that nominated it. As usual, we uh, each pick seven topics to talk about. And, um, yeah, the first thing I want to talk about, which I already did, is uh, local sportscaster here in uh, Southern California, Patrick O'Neill, who does Kings games, Angels games, some or Lakers when they were on Fox Sports West and save left. I guess he doesn't do that anymore. Um, he's just, you know, he's that schlub at the beginning and who interviews players and talks about, oh, what are the Angels going to do to this game? I'm going to guess, mean more pitching, blah, blah, blah. He's the guy who's like the... He gets a stroke slit. He's like not part of the team. Uh, he wasn't back with in Grenada with these guys and everything. So that's Patrick O'Neill. I really? thought it was hilarious. Yeah. That's a pretty wow. plum role for some schmuck that's in the movie. Yeah. Well, remember, he's like Ryan O'Neill's son, right? Oh, okay. He's got that whole nepotism thing going on. So that's probably how he got that role. But yeah, he's that guy. And if you. Once you know it, and you just you you hear the voice because that's what you, you know him for now, right? For on sports and stuff. So, yeah, Patrick O'Neill, that's my number seven. Scott, what's your number seven? Okay, so <laughs> I found myself getting more annoyed than being entertained <laughs> for a lot of this movie. <laughs> uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, again, trying to not pick the whole thing apart because otherwise it just unravels really quickly. But. Uh, my number seven is McLean should have been shot at many points in the movie, but specifically yes. when he fires the uh, the MP5 um, at Dennis Franz with all the blanks in it. And he unloads an entire clip, and he's surrounded by cops. Like, one of them would have shot him. One of them should have shot him. Wait, and which mm-hmm. one? So when, toward the end of the movie... When he's figured out that the whole thing was a ruse, and he and Dennis Franz is still being a stupid chief. Oh yes, and he yes. and he unloads yes. the entire clip of uh, of the the MP5 blanks. Yeah, yeah, but it, he like shoots him, shoots at him for like I don't know, like ten seconds or something like that. In a police mm-hmm. station. Yeah, yeah, but then like everybody's got gun drawn on him too, but nobody shoots yeah. him. Yeah, like he should have been shot. I that's know, the most. That's the least that. believable part of him not getting shot in the entire movie. <laughs> I agree. Well, that's the best part of white privilege. It's a yeah. force field. Also, I like how you could tell. Like, you could tell they were blanks just by looking at the bullets. By the way, like, is there's like some special marking? Like, there must have no, been, but you know, blanks. The casings are pinched. They don't have an actual bullet inside the casings. They're just pinched, so you could tell. I guess I like I don't know like I, mean, I didn't real, know that real blanks they they should yeah, have real blanks, he should have fucking pulled one out and held it up in front of the camera yeah instead of yeah shooting Dennis friends 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's more obviously it's more cinematic this way, but I definitely agree. Like that's like when you unloading on an office police officer at a police station surrounded by other cops with guns. Like you would have been lit up so bad. So I like how the DC or it was Dulles has a SWAT team at the airport. <laughs> I know. No idea how realistic that is, but I, mean, I just imagine they, most of the time they would just be yeah, fucking sitting. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably now, but they're probably just fucking sitting around most of the time. Seems like not a good allocation of resources. Or they're just there at Christmas time. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, McLean should have been shot. High traffic when he did that. That's my number seven. Yeah. Well, I want to add one other time where he should be shot. Hopefully, it's not on one of your guys' list. It's when he's fighting, uh, like uh, basically when he's fighting the T one thousand. That scene. <laughs> Honorable mention. <laughs> And like the gun falls on like the escalator thing or the the rail whatever you call it. Yeah, the I was gonna ask you guys, was that guy just out of bullets or yeah, was he stupid? Ser- seriously, Alex, like what the hell? Once he sees the gun go into Bruce Willis, he runs after him instead of just using that gun that's in his hand. Yeah, it was like I think it was jammed or something like that. Oh, whatever. It was conveniently jammed. <laughs> so stupid. Whatever. <laughs> I loved it, but it's stupid. Yep. All right, uh, Alex, number seven. Number seven is that insane old lady that uh, Holly Gennaro sits next to. Jeebus, what the fuck? She carries the shocker with her? Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah, like, I re- oh, technology's great. I used Jesus to have a Christ. thing of mace, but now I have this. I re- she's like, oh, I tried it on my <laughs> little dog. Yeah. Poor little thing limped from her. like, what the fuck, lady? <laughs> yeah, I realize airport security was a little more lax back in 1990. Oh, yeah, also, But I'm yeah. guessing even back then they would not allow you on the fucking plane with a taser. Oh, they, were not, they weren't going to search an old lady. I guess not. Old white privilege. Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It felt almost like an airplane skit. Like Zucker Brothers. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, be the last time either. Also, because I... It'd been a really long time since I saw the movie, so I couldn't remember like how it was going to get used. So the whole movie, I'm like, is there? There's going to be like, a, like one of these terrorists, whatever, is on the plane, or whatever, to make sure that nothing weird happens or whatever. No, yeah. William Atherton gets tased in the throat. <laughs> yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like, like his like eyes are like glazed over. And it's like, oh, they just fucking killed him. <laughs> so good. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, my number six then is one thing. I mean, there's a lot of things. I'm, I'm going to try to be positive, but they've all his one-liners in this movie like really bugged me. Oh, that, that's and, higher on my list. Yeah, there's some like, of them are fucking it felt like, terrible, and it felt like they were like dubbed, like added after the fact, like they had yeah, an edit. They were okay. I guarantee it. They were because <laughs> yeah, it felt like all of a sudden the shoe already on the executives. Like, oh, you need to say something witty here, like. Man, I need another Christmas vacation or whatever his stupid shit was. Well, some of it doesn't even fucking make sense. I know. Like, like there was I, I, I have some when I get to my list, but yeah, like it's just all bad. And he's just like talking to himself, and it made more sense in Die Hard because it was like super st- stressful situation because he's like trapped. And this, he's like not really trapped. He's just going from one point to the other, and he's just like, oh, this is annoying. You know, in Die Hard, they all, to me, they all make sense. Like, there's the oh, I say there's one corny thing where he's in the air duct and like, come out to the coast, we'll have a few laughs. But even that, it fits. Like, I think all the ones in here are just, ugh. Yeah, they're shoehorned in. <laughs> it's so bad. No, I don't want. 
No, that I think that was also the first one. But just some of yeah. these things were just. Ugh. Anyway, uh, his one-liners felt definitely, uh, except for the, the last one, the death blow was fine. I mean, that's no just, man, I'm missing the death blow. <laughs> that one's fine with me, but uh, yeah. All right, Alex, number six. My number six is Dennis Front is the stupid chief. Jeebus H. All right, my list. Thought, Agreed, though. I thought Breakfast Club dude was laying it on thick. Good night. Oh, my gosh. It was just, uh, you know, I love me a stupid chief, especially when they get their comeuppance, but this time around, Jeebus. Wait, what Breakfast was, Club guy are you talking about? Paul, From the first Die Hard. It was like the oh, police, police okay. captain. Okay, yeah. okay. The late, yeah. the late, great Paul Gleason. Not Paul Gleason. Uh, Dwayne. Yeah. yeah. I know you're talking uh, about now. Yeah. It's like, all right, take take it back a notch, Dennis Franz. Jeebus H. Is this right before or during um, that cop show that he was on? What, NYPD Blues? Yeah. It's before? Probably. It's probably right there. Yeah, he was definitely, God damn McLean! He's always yelling at him. Yeah, he was stupid. There's probably some junkie stealing luggage. <laughs> you don't even want to do a search? No, you know, nobody, I mean, it's busy, so I know you don't want to shut down the whole thing, but you don't have somebody in there doing something. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, NYPD Blue started in 93, so yeah, this definitely predates it. So, All right, uh, mm-hmm. Scott, I think I skipped you, yeah, so Scott, number six. Okay. Number six is they... <laughs> They doubled down on like the the whole message of the first movie of that uh, that terrorists don't win. No, that uh, that the the first amendment is basically bullshit. It's for pussies who don't want to get things done. Uh, just the freedom of speech. Yeah, the way they treat the press in these, no, yeah. <laughs> or the, at least the characters that are written. Um, and then just the gen- and it's general like people in authority are just completely useless. Um, everybody has to take matters well, in their own hands. Uh, and they just doubled down on that in this movie, and it was it was making me laugh. <laughs> just how fucking irritating the 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 press were in this movie. Um, they're either always in the way or just doing something obnoxious, and and I still don't know why he got tased on the plane. Like tired of all these motherfucking tases. Like, he, it wasn't like he was given a... Like, he wasn't, like, making the situation worse or anything. Yeah, he kind of was. He was causing panic. I guess. Yeah, that's right. They showed everybody freaking out in the airport, okay. Yeah. I, I guess. Like, but how would they know about that on the plane? I oh, mean, yeah. The, uh, the TV. Remember the captain said, oh, turn on the... T- show something on the TV. That usually calms him down. Right, right. So they saw the news story, but... Like now they know what's going on, so they're gonna oh, tase him for it. Panic. Yeah, they don't know that yes. shit was going on. They just uh, she just tased him because everything is fine until Dickless here shut off the power. Yeah, it's true. This man has no dick. But yeah, he's right. I guess he was right to have that restraining order against her. Yeah, so that makes no awesome. sense to me. But yeah, just just them doubling down on that that whole premise. Uh, I guess in this like they finally kind of redeem the the press a little bit with the the. They use the lady reporter. Yeah, they use the helicopter, and she like won't let them film at the end, like them hugging, like that's somehow, I don't know, <laughs> it makes up for everything else, I guess. 
She didn't want to get punched in the face. I guess so. Yeah. She's like the worst reporter in the world. <laughs> like the whole time she can't find any scoops or anything. Then she finally gets one and then she's like, no, we can't show that. That just shows you. You got to be a scumbag. <laughs> How the fuck did she get into the control tower, by the way? <laughs> yeah. Well, Dennis Franz actually yells at the guys. He's like, you let two people in here. I'll yeah, fucking yeah. do your job. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he. I, I like. Right. I also. I don't know if. I'm, just, I'm going a little on, off tangent here, but. That's all right. The. This goes back to the stupid chief thing, which I have more to say about later, but. Mm-hmm. How. How the fuck. Somebody gets shot and killed. Like, at the airport. And, uh, uh, God. It's just a bunch of And the, the guy, the guy that always plays like the, the guy in command, uh, yeah. Fred Thompson. Yeah. He's like, no, we can't let anybody know what's going on. Like, what? Like, <laughs> even 1990. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, no, just business as usual. Whatever. I mean, like, yeah, like he would have any say in it, right? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's the control tower. I don't know. There's, Whole chain of command there was like, it was very odd. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's my number six. Uh, okay, <laughs> my number five. I have a, I'm, my list is long actually, but I would say the English airliner that crashes. Oh my god, it's so English! Just like oh, proper good time for you to join us. We thought we were running out of... Uh, it's just the way Petro- they're talking petrol. to the air tower. Yeah, we're running out of petrol. <laughs> and then the, like, the stewardesses, it's like, oh, good, we're landing. Oh, we're just like United Railway. We'll be running late, but we'll get you there on time. And just, oh, God, everyone in that plane was so British and it was so so polite. And oh, it was just killing me. Mm-hmm. I expected this. If you look in the background, you probably see like Mary Poppins or something back there. Sherry Poppins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, honorable, honorable mention to Chief O'Brien. Yep. Colmini. Yeah. So what? The guy piloting. Uh, was he, was stu- he was on Next yeah. Generation and then on Deep Space Nine. His no. Miles, his Chief Miles O'Brien. I thought that's the guy from the Batman 66 show you guys are talking about. Is there a Chief O'Brien in that? <laughs> Probably. Something Irish. Racist. Yeah, Jeff. it is Irish. He's definitely, he definitely has an accent. He's... <laughs> Commissioner, it's Batman on the phone. Um, and then, okay, like, they fake, so the way they make the plane crash is they change the computers to think that the, the, the um, you know, the, the, the ground is closer or further away than it really is. But how is that even an option in the computer program? Like, that's what I don't understand. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, well, in like, case. Why would that ever in, happen? In, like, in case the ground, like, falls 200 feet. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a contingency. I don't think you have to. Prove yeah, yeah, that's so. funny. And and, and like the like the the um, the plane would have had its own like <laughs> alt- altimeter. I don't know where the alt- altimeter. The yeah, mm-hmm. and like I mean the pilots. I know they it's foggy and they use the computer, but you would that's I guess I don't know. I've never landed a plane in the fog, but I'm sure at some point you do use your own eyes. No, wait, you haven't. No. It's a breeze. So, so they said the visibility. There's like no visibility. Yeah. So, so, so I'll, I'll let that slide. I'll let that, yeah, that. That's like the one part of that that makes sense. But they would have had like other instruments, like letting them know that hey, the fucking ground's coming up. Yeah. 
and then the the other thing is when they the here's movie gooey when the the guys change it oh he brings out this fucking light pen and he's touching the screen yeah. and dragging the line down what the hell's going on there? <laughs> mm-hmm. oh god it was like bill cosby in that show we had with that magic marker picture pages like, <laughs> oh my god. picture pages picture pages <laughs> get your picture pages roofies all right <laughs> i watch i've watched this as a kid but we never had the actual like booklets go along with it so it was kind of bullshit anyway i agree yeah all right i don't know who's supposed to go next who's who's next Alex. Oh, i think that was scott okay scott. so that means you you go to number five jeff no i just did my number five so it's scott's number five yeah okay so uh number five is the the colonel carries around an empty handgun just to fake shoot his men Yeah, yeah. They do. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, uh, that's just worth <laughs> worth commenting on. Yeah. Next time they'll be one of the chambers. He also practices karate in the nude. So what do you want? Mm-hmm. Well, that's also yeah. on my list. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's like it's not like oh they're just it's any given day. So he, he didn't happen to have his gun loaded. No, no. Like in the middle of that operation, like, but he's not going to load his gun. He's not gonna have a loaded gun with him. Well, just, that just so that he can, Dis- disciplining gun. Just so he can make a point. Yeah. I mean, are you sure he didn't quickly just pull out the, the clip when he did it and eject the bullet in the chamber? Mm-hmm. Nope, it was empty to begin with. Okay. What? I, I was, I was enjoy that trope too, um, of of the, the evil whatever leader, like, like Bane or whatever that will just start killing his own men, like. In, in this case, they're all just, like, in it for, like, a payday. So, like, why the fuck would they, like, want to follow this guy if he could just up inside to kill them at any moment? Mm-hmm. You know, at least Bane, they're, like, they've got that whole, like, cause that they're going for, I guess. And that might be why they yeah. have people working for him, but... Yeah, brainwashed. Yeah, yeah. This is just, like, straight up... Oh, yeah, I'll just kill you whenever I feel like, but uh, otherwise you get paid. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Excuse me, sir, but what about the Fuck. fucking money? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, Alex, number five. My number five is the icicle death. It's yeah. very memorable. I don't... It's not... It's it's bad, but it's not that bad because... I mean, they do keep up the thing where McLean's always on his heels. You know, he's always desperately searching for a way out of whatever situation he's in, so... Yeah, 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 it's not that bad. It's pretty gruesome, so I give it points for that. Plus, I just seen a, I saw a Christmas story and this like back to back. So it was like, hey, those things really do kill people. Ralphie was right. <laughs> um, yeah, I had forgotten about that scene, and I remember that was like messed up. Like when I watched it as a kid after that, I saw it the original, I always had to turn away because it was too gross for me. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh-huh. You know what the best part about it is. They'll, the they'll never know what the murder weapon is. <laughs> oh, yeah. That too. Well, and ice is free, so yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do like that McLean is, is constantly out fighting all these special forces guys, by the way. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. I lost my train of thought. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Icicle to the eye. Eyeball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. All right. Whenever I'll bring it up. Uh, okay. 
Uh, Scott number five. No, Scott did his number five. So now it's my turn. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, right. I'm last. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. My number four is uh, LOL fax machine. So <laughs> I remember this being like cool state of the art stuff when this movie came out. At least for me. Like it was new to me knowing that this was thing. And I just love the way they were making it seem. Oh, I'm going to fax you over the prints. And he had to get uh, Reginald in there and all that stuff. Um, I like that. And then the very bad pun of just the facts, man. Just the facts. Uh, <laughs> that was Jesus. awesome. At least that made sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Fax machines. Which, do you guys still use those in your office or anything? Yes. Nope. There's like one thing that we really? have to use it for and it's fucking annoying. Yes. Uh, wow. But when we have to do purchase orders for a certain thing that requires faxes. Yeah. It's dumb. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah. My current job, no, my last job, yeah, there was still every once in a while some HR thing you would have to. Like if you change your W, was it your W2 or your W4, where you change your allowances or your claiming, you, that would have to go in over fax for some fucking weird reason. So we didn't, we did, we've, we we had to fax it, we don't actually use a fax machine, if that makes any sense. And yeah, like because like software. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which at that point is not actually faxing, but. Yeah, email to another person's email. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. That's the facts. True facts. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Mm -hmm. All right, Scott, number four. Uh, Number four, going back to Jeff's line, or uh, not line, but uh, his mentioning of all the horrible lines. Um, Just baffling. It's like, this is RoboCop level shit, right? He's like, yeah, people used to call me Iron Butt. Like, like really? That's what they called you? Like, that was the, the cutting, insulting thing that they called you? So, so in this, um, so I wrote down a few of them, at least as best as I can remember. Uh, the, the stuff between him and Reginald Vell Johnson is the worst. Like, it's the worst, like, clumping of dialogue in the whole movie. But the, the, he asked him, or, uh, Agent Powell, in between eating Twinkies, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Val, get that Twinkie out of your mouth. Listen up. Yeah. Asks uh, McLean, are you pissing in somebody's pool? And he says, yeah, and I'm all out of chlorine. Like, <laughs> so, so wait, you, 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 you piss in people's pool and then you clean it afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't, well, it's only I, don't I don't get that one. He was raised right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Good, Good parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then he's he's yelling boring. at Dennis Franz for being a stupid chief. He says like, "Hey Lorenzo, oh, this way. like what sets off the metal detector? The lead in your ass or the shit in your head? Like what? The, how's the shit well, metal? Like I don't, I don't well, fuck lead in my ass, obviously. Yeah, so the lead I get, the shit in his head. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and then another one from Powell, uh, where he asks him well, what's going on, and McLean says he's got a feeling about something, and, and Powell says. Oh man, when you get feelings, insurance companies go bankrupt. Like really, this which which implies that this shit happens to McLean all the time. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> now he's a part of the LAPD. Well, let's let's. By the way, yeah, he's magically a part of the LAPD now. Um, well, it's been a few years. He moved out there. Yeah, to be to be a member of the Ho- LAPD. Holly McLean, and they make and they that. do make I'll reference that's that. that that's like not as good as being a New York cop. By the way, <laughs> apparently, yeah, I know. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> like, it's him like breaking shit, like the Nakatomi thing. 
you know, that was his fault. <laughs> like all the distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like how the even the back the Colonel Stewart guy knew who's oh well he says when when uh he interrupts on the intercom and Sipowitz is like Shut up, McLean and the Stewart like, goes oh, you idiot. Yeah, but then he goes, John McLean, the guy from the Nakatomi Towers, how the hell would you put two and two together like this was that guy? Like first of all, how because well, you... they saw him. When? When they bumped into each other at the airport. Yeah, but do you think he'd recognized him? A little bit. There was a little bit of going on, you know. They were about to make out or recognize each other from TV. Why would some military... Oh, I don't buy it. I, I thought that was stupid. Because <laughs> Hans Gruber was like his uh, roommate in college. Yeah. And that's what I was going to remember or talk about. This villain... So, I don't know. You guys going to talk about this villain some more or no? Yeah. Okay, then I'll wait. <laughs> a little bit. All right, then I'll wait. <laughs> anyway, I got nothing else to say then. Yeah, just off the... Then, um... Uh... What's his name? The uh, John Amos's character. Um, where he has some line about we're here to jerk this guy off until he gets like <laughs> something about how they they were gonna flayed him the the colonel until he like, come out in the open like, <laughs> yeah. like nobody would nobody would talk like that ever. No, it's awful. Anyway. Bad, bad dialogue, especially the one-liners. <laughs> All right, Scott number four. I mean, Alex number four. Bill. My number four is I like all the shootouts, uh, mostly because they're in interesting places. They 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 have good set pieces for the shootouts, and I appreciated that. Like in the baggage claim, I mean, in the in the background with all the baggages are getting sorted and stuff. That was pretty cool. That's a good cool set piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one. When uh, with the T one thousand, where they're posing as painters and stuff, and the scaffolding, he drops that over the guy. He gets oh, God, that was that was, cool. that was some of the weakest fucking exposition ever. By the way, yeah, they're like, oh, they yeah, they're here to the... waste time. That was why they were there, because they they were gonna blow up the, the the satellite dish or whatever anyway. But they they had the man there just to waste time, like that. No, that was the reason no, for the shootout. Also, to take out the the SWAT team. That Dennis Franz had on standby because they knew about those guys. I think that was their main objective. Yeah, I don't think so. If they deployed them over there, take out the swap team, their best. I think it was like take out whoever was there. Yeah, all right. But still, it worked out for Stewart, right? Yeah, I guess so. Then the shootout at the church with all the blanks flying around. Nobody was in danger. Still pretty cool. <laughs> Except for the guys that Bruce Willis was shooting. Well, yeah. I thought we had the one guy who died. They said the bugs were supposed to be fake. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Falling off the snowmobiles. Mm-hmm. All right. And the, and the airplane gets shot up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool set pieces. All right. Uh, my number three is they mentioned uh, this general or whatever this guy was, this capo, this whatever. He's from Valverde. Yeah, honorable ah, mention. Yeah. <laughs> honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had forgot. I had heard recently that they were saying that there is. It's mentioned in multiple movies, and I just looked this up while we were talking. Yeah, and it's obviously in Commando. That's where we all know it from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, super Carrier. I don't know what that is. Aren't the, well, uh, it's a carrier, but you know, super. It's uh, episode five, Rest and Revolution. <laughs> aren't they? Aren't they in Valverde and Predator? It's not listed here. 
So they don't really. They just say South American Predator. Yeah. Okay. And then Adventures Incorporated. Adventure Incorporated. Don't know what that is. And then Sheena. Uh, a, Queen uh, of the Jungle. Bug. Warrior Princess. Yeah. So I thought it was. Hold on. I was... <laughs> okay. Here you go. Out. This is. A fictional, here you go, sorry, let me read this. A fictional country carrying the name of Valverde has appeared in a number of films, television programs, and comics by DeSouza? DeSouza? Steven DeSouza. DeSouza. Pete DeSouza. And that's what I just said. Outside of his own work, there are other appearances, either linked, blah, 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 and Predator is one of them. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I was just kind of cool that I perked up. Since I did watch Commando the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah. So I wonder if this is like trademarked. Hmm. I don't think so because it said multiple properties use this, right? Yeah. Just Valverde. So if I, yeah, I already decided if I ever author my own video game, it's going to be set in Valverde. <laughs> <laughs> and steal drums. Yeah. For the soundtrack. <laughs> All right, spot number three. So Scott, what's your number three? Okay. Wrong list. Uh, so my number three <laughs> is uh, a Buzz, right? Is what? <laughs> buzz. Yes. Joe Pesci. Is, <laughs> Joe Pesci. Yes. Uh, number three is, and this is how my note: Naked Karate. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! That's my number two. So I actually thought it was fucking great. Like, just a way to set up this character that a he knew karate, karate, right? <laughs> it was the thing. It'd be that he was just laser focused. Like, uh, he's just going through his routine. This guy was some kind of like, I don't, not necessarily special forces, but uh, uh, was up to no good. Because naked people don't do karate like that. At weird, at, <laughs> nope. at weird, like isometric angles. Uh, <laughs> it's just just a, just a fucking weird thing to have in any movie. Uh, and this is how this movie starts. This is with him doing the naked karate. So, mm-hmm. yeah, hell of a way to start a movie. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So this, I'm going to mention now. This villain sucks. I think that's why this movie is not as good. You have Hans Gruber, who arguably is the best villain in an action movie of all time. Yeah, and then even Jeremy Irons' character in the third one is was good. It's memorable anyway. Um. This guy just sucks. I completely forgot everything about him until I saw this movie again. So. Well, the problem is that at least that he has, maybe he wouldn't be as good as the other two anyway, but there's very little byplay with McLean. Yeah. That's true. There's no biplanes at all. It's all jets. Byplay. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, he's not bi-curious at all. Yeah. Bi-curious. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex, number three. <laughs> number three is all the fucking 90s tech. <laughs> I love it. Because that's one of the themes. It's like, oh, technology's great. Well, my husband doesn't think so. He's got, McLean's got a pager, which gets him into trouble. That's what gets him into the icicle fight. Which, again, instead of that guy that was patrolling around the church shooting McLean, he goes over the car and tries to tackle him and gets him into a fist fight. Uh, and then the fax machine is like, oh, how do I put the paper in and the ladies it doesn't matter just put the fucking paper in yeah the walkie talkies with the scramblers on them yeah 
Like the like McLean is old school. He's like fighting against technology, and all the bad guys all use super tech of the time. It's like with the yeah with the dry erase board, but that has the concentric circles with the lights zeroing in for no reason. So that from and Star the, Wars. Yeah, and the fucking pen on the screen. You just use your mouse and keyboard. They're right there. Yeah. Dude. How about, I, I hope it's not on your list. At the very end, all the planes just start landing. That shit's going to end badly. Yeah, really that's exactly quick. what I was thinking. Yeah, no, yeah. Like they are going to be okay. Yeah, they just go to a stop and it's like, no, 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 get the fuck off the runway. Yeah. Because uh, there's more than one landing, there's more than one runway at an airport. They're all landing there and just like, stop. Just like, eh, it's not going to be so good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my number two has got to be. Uh, it's as stupid as the one-liners are. It's still good to see John McClane just doing his thing. Uh, it's not nearly as good as not nearly not even close to the first one. Yeah. And in this, the third one, you have the rapport between him and Samuel L. Jackson or Zeus. Oh shit, McClane! That was my goal, ball. <laughs> this one, it, but it's still John McClane, and he's still. An everyday guy. He hasn't gone to superhero status yet. Unbreakable, as Alex said earlier. Yeah. Um, so I still enjoy it. It's still John McClane, and uh, yeah, him just you know, why does the same old shit happen to the same? Yeah, it's dumb, but whatever. It's John McClane. So that's my number two. Really enjoyed seeing him again uh, in this role. So uh, Scott, number mm-hmm. two. Okay. So my number two is as Alex mentioned earlier. Dennis Franz is super chief in this. <laughs> Every single scene, like it's the only thing I can think that's really even comparable is General Hardass from the uh, Third Matrix movie, where just no matter oh, yeah. what McLean has to say, uh, he's just completely dismissive of him the entire time. Um, I can do a thousand push-ups in four minutes. Yeah, I was just yelling the whole time too. Like he <laughs> never wants to have like an actual conversation about the shit. Like, um, you know, he's just you know, yeah, he's a stupid chief. He he's completely ineffectual in the entire movie. Even at the very end when he like actually buys into like what McLean's saying, he's still useless. Like McLean's supposed to do everything himself. <laughs> Yeah, he finally gets on his side, and they just he just crashes into a cab. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's they finally on the same side. <laughs> Bam! I ran into a goddamn cab. What the hell? So McLean has to get out and go join the the weird weather lady. Why? Why? So that's another question. Why the fuck did they have to go back out to the the front of the terminal to get to the runway? Reasons? Yeah, they didn't take the uh, uh, what you call it the exit that Arnold Schwarzenegger took in his, uh, running man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Apparently they couldn't they he couldn't get to the runway from any other way other than the front. Like that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. Mm. There we are. God damn it, McLean. Alright. Alex, <laughs> number two. And number two is the yeah, the ridiculous naked karate. Not only because of this movie, but also do you think that was the inspiration for Mr. Spinning's opening scene? <laughs> Michael Rooker in Mallrats. Huh. Could have been. Yeah. It's the same thing, except it's, it's I mean, it, it's a lot funnier in Mallrats. <laughs> They're just fighting. Yeah. And then the towel falls off. Gold. 
Jeff, we need you to, to ask Kevin Smith about that. Yeah, yeah please good, do. Good friend of the podcast, Kevin. I'll get on it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's <laughs> it cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, it's Mr. Svenning. All right. Uh, well, my number one is was, fortunate, unfortunately, it was not in the version of the movie I watched. But how could you ever talk about Die Hard 2 without talking about the greatest dub slash censorship line of all time and that's mr falcon oh my god obviously you guys never talk about it but if you don't at the very end when he says yippee motherfucker and the tv version it was replaced with mr falcon and that is just legendary and it's so mm-hmm. awesome and i almost wish we had the edited version just so i could see that uh, it's gotta be number one i'm sorry <laughs> so, so so having watched this again uh, it actually makes a little bit of sense because that's the general's code name. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn it. Whatever. It's still <laughs> they good. Were, they were trying. But but, but, yeah, but the, the dub is so awful that it doesn't matter what he says. Mr. Falcon. Stupid. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, honorable mention real quick to how long it takes for all those grenades to go off when they throw them <laughs> yeah. in the airplane. Jesus yeah. Christ. Why? I, I was like, when I'm sad, well, there's like, how, how, how They just pulled it and threw it. They have to count the three before they throw it. They didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like how he, he's like, everybody's got grenades. And I'm like, yeah, I've got like three of them. All right, let's use all of the grenades. <laughs> like, I can understand, like, okay, everybody toss one in there. Like, there comes a point when you're just getting diminishing returns on the amount of grenades you're throwing. <laughs> oh God! Nah, they want to make sure. And also, they, they were s- nuke them from the ground. Like, there's this thing called shrapnel. <laughs> and a it was contained within the, the shrapnel should have a ripped up McLean, but b them too. Just toss that out there, just like yeah. the grenades that they toss. <laughs> They all could have been in the NBA. Do they all sink their shots? Yeah, they did. That's the thing yeah, too. I, <laughs> I think you know though the, the very last one. You can tell that it that it uh, ricochets off, but they like cut it to make it look like it went in. <laughs> so uh, all right, uh, Scott, number number one. Okay, uh, number one is the the ejector seat scene, like you were just talking about with the grenades, like. Oh, shit. That has not aged well. Um, I think the the effect still looks okay, like him being launched yeah. in the air and then floating away, I guess, or falling away. But th- this was this was the big money shot in the original trailer and commercials for this movie, um, so everybody knew it was coming. Um, you know, I I honestly can say I I know very little about how ejector seats are supposed to work. Um, I'm guessing that they don't propel you <laughs> like 150 feet up in the air. Um, you know, I think the idea is that you get dislodged while you're still in midair. Um, I don't know. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Uh, but they made it look like the grenades like propel him out, up and out. Um, yeah, just the fact there's no shrapnel, the fact that he... Like, by the time you know, there's like 12 grenades in there and like none of them gone off yet... <laughs> It makes like no sense at all, and then he, he floats away. He doesn't even like float that far. Like they could have gone over and like shot him if they wanted to, really. 
But I guess... No, but the cops well, I know, were I guess the, the cops were like, by the way, the cops are fucking like 200 feet from them by the time they start driving off. Like, <laughs> that was a fireman. Yeah, they got away from the fucking fireman. Like, <laughs> it just makes no sense. But yeah, that scene did not does not hold up. Like, even for this movie, it's ridiculous. That's my number one. Okay. I remember liking it as a kid, I have to admit. But, yeah, it's, it's you're right. It's, it's dumb. It's stupid. And obviously, I'm sure those things are built to launch you away from the craft. So, like, remember that's how Goose breaks his neck. Yeah. yeah. Launches into the thing. That's but, true. yeah. The canopy. To, to what it does in that movie, I'm sure that's not possible. I want to say they did this on Mythbusters, but maybe I'm wrong. They could have. I think they might have done the Top Gun one. Maybe. Mm. Um, all right, Alex, what's your number one? My number one is McLean. I also like them a lot in this movie. like seeing him again. And I like that they kept them always, uh, like I said earlier, on his heels. Like he always has to scramble in order to win the fight. Essentially, he pretty much just gets lucky. And these super high-tech special forces guys are just idiots every once in a while. <laughs> and it just rolls in his favor. Yeah. So, yeah, because he gets his ass handed to him on the airplane wing. And it's like, oh, the fuel's coming out, so might as well light it on fire. And he wins. I think that's what they tested on Mythbusters, actually. Oh, the, the fuel? Yeah. Like, if you <laughs> like could light the it. fire racing. I was like, yeah. oh, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> was was the, the verdict not plausible? <laughs> yeah. I think or myth busted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, any honorable mentions? I had Will Atherton. He just, just plays an awesome shit. Yeah. I was going to say, yeoman's work. He's doing yeoman's work in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that's it. You, you guys already mentioned Sipowitz a lot, so that I, I don't want to mention him again. But, yeah, Atherton. Fucking Sipowitz. Um, there, there was the line about the porcelain guns. Oh, yeah. I'm like, uh, I was rolling my eyes at that. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the la- again, the lady bringing the taser on the plane. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I do like when, yeah, he's... He's looking in the mirror. As I put, if this is my final broadcast, I put my life, my duties, and my skills and talent on the line for the people. For, the, for, for just, humanity. Oh, yeah. yeah, for humanity. He's like, oh, God. Um, uh, and that picture they have of him up on the screen is pretty good, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that is funny. The, <laughs> the him in shock kind of looking. Yeah. But the, uh, and then uh, finally for me, so, the the guy coming, from, the general coming from Valverde, is being extradited to the U.S. by by two pilots and one soldier. Like <laughs> that's all the country could afford to send along. Yeah, it's Valverde. So they like they could have been like <laughs> like two or three more. They could have turned it into an action scene on the plane. That would have made more sense. But nope, they just got the one soldier. And the general's like not even fucking like, he, like really all that tethered, like. <laughs> yeah, I didn't break a sweat choking that guy up. Yeah, and then I also like that he was the only pilot. By the way, the colonel came up with this like ridiculously convoluted plan, and uh, that, that took ridiculous amount of planning and skill to execute, and it all recited on the fact that they had one pilot, like. 
if something happened to the general along the way, the the whole thing falls apart. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. So there we are. Yeah, I concur. Jeff, do you concur? I concur. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, <laughs> as usual, we're going to rate this movie now on a scale of 1 to 7. Uh, 1 being absolute garbage and 7 being perfection. So I will go first and... Uh, do I like this movie? <laughs> I don't know, do you? I'm going to give this a 4. I, I, I can't say I like this movie. I think... Rewatching it made it. I don't need to see this again. Um, and it definitely compared to the other two Die Hard movies. Well, the first one's a seven easily, and the third one would be a five or a, maybe a six. This is this has to be below those two. So yeah, yeah. four, four for me. Uh, Alex, I'm also going to give this a four. It's very forgettable, middle of the road. Uh, yeah. Nothing jumps out. Like Scott said, all the dialogue is forced and everything. and Not not a uh, a good villain. It's got the Ronin, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Even though the good guys in Guardians like really brought the movie home. And this one, eh. Alright. And Scott? Uh, four. There's, there's enough uh, at least mildly entertaining action throughout the entire thing to String the whole thing along, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Ford get more McLean before he became yeah, just like a Terminator. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. All right, uh, Alex. What was our crossover topic this week? Our crossover this week was top five improvised weapons in entertainment. Okay. Um, why don't you go first? Because I had a hard time with this list, and I want to see where you guys are going with it. I have. Four. I don't have five. I don't. I still want yours. I'm gonna be honest. Okay. Uh, my number five. <laughs> <laughs> I picked it because it was just so generic. It's in a lot of movies now, and that's the uh, hairspray flamethrower. Okay. I think it's cool. Its coolest use was in the comic book and in the uh, movie, The Watchmen, when Rorschach was uh, hunkered up at Moloch's house, and he used that to great effect to burn some guy. He didn't kill him, he just burned him up a little bit. And it looked cool in slow motion. But yeah. You know, if somebody's holding a can of hairspray in the lighter, you know what's going to happen now. <laughs> Alright. Scott, number five. Okay. So, improvised weapons, right? Yeah. Uh, number five is the ore from Leap Year. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's it, I'm stealing that one. <laughs> Uh, Roddy Roddy Piper first picks that thing up. Uh-huh. Oh man! <laughs> How did I forget my own writing? That's genius. Fucking, yeah, I know. <laughs> fucking great weapon. All kinds of great action <laughs> sequences with it too. Indestructible. Oh man! I mean, it, it did break at one point, but then he gets a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He finds he's got an aptitude <laughs> for the ore. So, all right, my number five is also Roddy Roddy Piper in <laughs> Leap Year. <laughs> I'm gonna change mine to that too. It's <laughs> brilliant. All right, you can't rate that, <laughs> Alex. Number four. My number four is from shooting up, shoot 'em up. It's the carrots. Oh, that's a good one. Because 
Yeah, the dude's always eating carrots. At one point, he shoves a carrot in a dude's mouth, and then he punches the carrot, and it goes clear through his throat. Oh, so gruesome. <laughs> so ridiculous. Awesome. Okay. My number four is might be a cheat, because I don't know if he technically kills him with it, but it's the wood chipper in Fargo. I think it's more probably disposing of the body than actually killing the person, but... Yeah. Since I had a, tar- a tough time with this list, I'm using the wood chipper in Fargo. You can go with the uh, the pimp's or the dude's uh, belt when he starts whipping. Uh, what's his face? <laughs> when he's banging that hooker. That's true. Improvised weapon. That's true. I'm using the wood chipper. Okay. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Which I think I skipped you again. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, number four. Uh, is the the mop and stapler combo from UHF. <laughs> it's a nice. little time, Stanley Spadowski. Uh, can't, he can't function without his mop that's been taken from him when they kidnap him. But he gets it back and he starts kicking ass with the mop. Uh, but <laughs> as he's running away, he takes it's like a normal staple, stapler and shoots it behind him. Uh, and like the staple's <laughs> actually stick in the guy's face. Uh <laughs> But yeah, just mostly the mop, though. Uh, it turns out that he's like highly proficient with his mop. Mm-hmm. I like my mop. All right, <laughs> Alex, number three. Number three. Oh, this is brutal, but a, uh, just a pen from the born identity. You're just stabbing that other like the counter spy. It's like, <sighs> oh, then it sticks in his hand and he t- pulls it out with his teeth. Oh, fucking gross. That's so that was one. a cool fight. Didn't you laugh out loud at that scene, Scott? You told us a story about that. Like, you and another person were just laughing out loud when the dude just, whoop, stood up and they just... Yeah, jumped, he doesn't you know? jump. He just, like, runs over the railing, like, and just, like, lets himself tumble over it. <laughs> I think it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in a movie. But yes, I was laughing out loud at that. I think it was me and my aunt. <laughs> there it is. All right. Uh, Scott, number three. Okay, so um, number three uh, are the records from Shaun of the Dead. Ooh, good one. <laughs> that was a good. Using the old vinyls, the forty fives. Batman the soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> Using them a la um, like the disc from I Come in Peace, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's slicing, slicing zombies up these things. It's awesome. All right. Uh, my number three is the lawnmower from Dead Alive. Oh, nice. Playtime's over. There you go. I bet you can go to all the zombie movies and all the different things people use to kill them, but that's the one. Yeah. That's the most memorable one for me is that lawnmower. So that's it. Alex, number two. Number two is Steven Seagal, and I already forget the name of this movie with the billiard ball and the towel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The sock. That's above the sock. It was a towel. It was a towel, right? Yeah. Yeah, because it was a bar towel. He gets them both. He just beats the shit out of it. Oh, knocks teeth out. Awesome. Who is he looking for? Johnny Tuco? (laughs) Sam Toucan? So, so, okay, so he was looking for who did Bobby Lupo. He was looking for Richie. (laughs) That's right. Oh, damn it. (laughs) 
Has anybody seen Bachi? <laughs> All right, step oh. number two. Um, Italian. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah, Captain. Uh, so, number two is the uh, the toilet from Boondock Saints. <laughs> That's good. Strategically dropped off a roof. Oh, so cool. Yes. Much to the confusion of the police. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, nice. yes. A a toilet is used to kill somebody. <laughs> All right, my number two, and I thought Alex was going to steal this from mine, but mine's different. Pen, it's from Batman when the Joker kills Maroni. Is it Maroni or Falcone with the pen? The pen is truly mightier than the sword. Oh yeah, oh, and he just tosses it at him. Yeah, hello, it's your uncle Bingo. It's time to take the check. Ah, gross. So there you go. A feathered pin kills a mob boss. Joker. Smiley. Money, money, money. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? All right. Uh, I don't know where we're at. Uh, Alex, number one? My number one is just anything Jackie Chan has his hands on. That's honorable mention for me. Yeah. A ladder, a rug. Jacket. Yeah, a jacket. A car, for Pete's sake. Anything. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. The piece of bamboo. Yeah. I saw the one he beats in Rumble of the Brox is the jacket. He kicks the shit out of guys with that thing. His jacket, a shopping cart. <laughs> uh. All right, Scott, number one. Okay. Everyone is uh, pretty obvious. Uh, the chainsaw hand. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Oh, hell yeah. It is pretty obvious, and it's pretty great. But mm-hmm. is it as obvious as pulling a pipe off the wall and throwing it through some guy's chest? Because oh. Oh. <laughs> it's time to let off some steam. Or... Damn. Yeah, or weird. you could use saw blades and throw them at people. Or you could get a pitchfork and stab them in the chest. Commandos pretty much does it all. <laughs> like, but, uh, yeah, damn it! Like the steam pipe <laughs> isn't like it's not even like jagged. You just <laughs> just pure strength. Does he? Yeah. Does he impale Bennett through chainmail ribcage? <laughs> yeah. Through another rib cage, through the back of him, through oh, the other God. side of the chain mail. Yeah, into the wall. Into Steam the wall. Container. <laughs> Steam's still coming out of it. That's the best part. <laughs> oh, God. Can't believe that wasn't on your guys' list. I for sure thought Alex was going to have it. Damn it. Yeah, I should have. Yeah, had me it. too. <laughs> New number one. You could. I took. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, here. Jackie, but <laughs> yeah, that's the best. <laughs> All right, uh, any honorable mentions? Uh, Jackie Chan and everything. Yeah, we covered that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the, the Chainsaw Ham is good. I thought about Chainsaw 2 from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but then I started thinking about that. And I assume one of you guys would have Ash on yours. All right, uh, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. So, uh, ESPN, you know, you know that. 
You know, I've network? I've heard of it. It's for sports, everybody sports person network. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put out a study and a list of uh, the the highest and lowest uh, viol- food vending uh, cleanliness violators. I don't know that I, I like where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> you won't. <laughs> uh, I don't think any of our stadiums are on the list. Yeah, uh, they the used to be, or, lo- or lowest. Yeah, Angel Stadium but, used to. Yeah. Be. <laughs> Spectre, the highest one, the three highest one. You guys want to take a guess? Oakland. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Oakland's I'm not even joking. Guess. Oakland Coliseum, Oakland Coliseum. No, that's not on there. I don't think. Because they all have their all sponsored names on this bullshit, so I don't know. Oh, uh, uh, Philadelphia something something. Nope. So give us give us the Cleveland. sports. Name it shit. Sorry for offending oh. your cities, people. Also, I don't know. So, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say whatever. like the name the sports, but then I'm like, oh, Alex probably doesn't know. I don't know. Uh, Top three are with eighty three point zero eight percent in the highest uh, violation rates is American Air- Airlines Center. Sounds like a basketball. What is that place? I think that's Dallas, where the um, Mavericks and uh, Stars play. What's the next one? Yeah, this is fucking great, stupid corporations. We don't even know what sports you play in your stupid stadiums because their names are all fucked up. Anyways, uh, the second Dallas. one at eighty-six and eleven percent is Palace of Auburn Hills. Uh, Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Is that like a gladiator? That's, thing? that's yeah, that's where the Pistons play. <laughs> yeah, a bitch. And the top violator at ninety two percent is the is the Spectrum Center. That's Philadelphia. That's Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't even think it's used. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Boxing still maybe. <laughs> yeah, mm, Spectrum. Is. I know the uh, Flyers don't play there anymore. But. Uh, All right, and the three lowest, the ones where you're the safest to eat the food at the vendors, are at uh, 4.44% is NRG Stadium. No idea. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, 4.17% at State Farm Arena. Yep. That could be fucking anywhere. Well, because NRG is the Astrodome? The Isotopes. Okay. What's the other one? State Farm Arena. Okay. That is uh, Atlanta. Okay. Or the uh, whatever. Falcon not the Falcons. The Hawks play, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some sort of bird. <laughs> NBA. You want to talk about bird law. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more. What's last one? And the safest place to eat stuff at a sporting event is Oracle Arena. Oh, I know this. That's up north. That's San Francisco. Golden State. Right. And there you have it. Right, Scott? Every, everything so. else is in, in the in-betweens. And they got a thing on their site where you can check your you know the stadium that's closest to you and stuff to see how they're rated. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know Anaheim, so, or our baseball team, Anaheim Stadium or Angel Stadium, they used to... To save money so they could turn off the lights earlier, they would clean up the next day where the workers can do it by sunlight, not light, you know, electric light. And just the rats would just come in and infest the place overnight. And so they got <laughs> massive violations. Well, you'd think the rats would take care of the garbage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the pigeons would take care of the rats. 
Yeah, so that happened, yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know. <laughs> eight years ago or something. Like. And I remember the news came out, like, a week after I was there for Dollar Hot Dog Night, and I had, like, <laughs> five hot dogs. And I almost threw up when I heard the news. I was like, oh. Speak, speaking of animal infestations, uh, I know Alex hasn't, but Jeff, have you ever um, been to a night game in San Francisco for the Giants? Yeah, a couple times. When the the fucking seagulls come in, like in the after the seventh inning stretch, I don't remember. It's creepy as fuck because, <laughs> like, because baseball games, you know, like the seventh inning could come in, you know, an hour and a half. It could come in two hours. It could be three hours away. Mm-hmm. But the the seagulls always come after, like, so there's like something that goes on that makes them come. But then they just start circling, the whole stadium. Yeah. Huh. It's creepy to me because I don't like seagulls. Mine, mine. Yeah. Anyway, mine. mine. So Angel Stadium is at nineteen point four percent. So acceptable, safer. Yeah, only so twenty yeah. percent chance that, you get, that I'm going to get like salmonella or something. I can live with that. <laughs> you guys want to guess where Dodger Stadium is? Fifty, sixty. That's probably... lower. Forty nine. Closer. Forty eight. Nope. <laughs> Just tell us. 30, 31.94%. It's acceptable. Yeah. And right at the middle is a Great American Ballpark at fifty, exactly 50%. <laughs> it's a, it's a Great American, is that uh, the Reds or the Pirates? I have no idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, it's time for Neam News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay. So... Um, Cincinnati, you're right, Scott. Cincinnati. Yeah, um, not not talking about Marvel this time. Instead of talking about Batman. <sighs> so uh, a bit of news came out about. I mean, a new Batman movies in development hell right now. Because originally they were gonna like tie everything to Affleck and you know start their whole thing up again with that. But then the last two movies have been underwhelming, outside of mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, I guess. Um, who knows? Maybe uh, Aquaman will do okay. But uh, at any rate, you know they're they're trying to figure out how to get a new Batman movie off the ground. And I guess there's a script that's like due by the end of the year. You know, I I feel like when you when you're doing something that you know involves the creative process, applying certain uh, like methodologies to getting it done is just a bad idea. You know, like like in software development. You have that whole like scrum thing, or where you can segment yeah. code and things like that, and you've got like a deadline for that stuff. And you know, if if you're doing something that requires you coming up with something from scratch, I don't think necessarily well served with having a, a deadline imposed upon you. Um, you know, I'd rather them take their time and get it right than to rush another piece of shit DC movie out. So uh, there, that is. Um, at any rate, it's. If there is a script, then maybe we're one step closer to getting another Batman movie. Uh, so, you think Michael uh, Keaton will be back? That would be awesome. I heard that rumor, actually. <laughs> oh, really? Like, to play old <laughs> Batman. Whoa, that'd be cool. I, I think it's just fan rumors, but that'd be interesting. But the one thing, I agree with you, Scott. Although, I think some kind of deadline is there, just otherwise... The, you know, yeah. you, you have to put some. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, it's just human nature, right? To just right, put right. Put it off. Put it off. Put it off. But yeah, it's 
it is feel weird to like, yeah, make this. You got to write a cool Batman story. And it has to be done by the end of the year. Like, what the fuck? Like, that doesn't make sense either. But you do need some kind. Yeah, of push. yeah. I can see that there, there there needs to be some line there. But yeah, you know, what, or, or you'll get George R. R. Martin. Boy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, there, there's. I guess it's just a tough line to walk. It is. You know, I I I don't want like the next Batman movie to 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 be rushed. That's 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 what I'm worried yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah. So, right. Batman, mm-hmm. um, and then one review for me, um, outside of these other things, these wonderful films that we've watched, uh, I watched... Uh, Where does he watch those wonderful films? Yeah. <laughs> I'd never seen it before, and I watched uh, Gone Baby Gone. That uh, was one of Ben Affleck's initial directorial efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, if not the first one, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, I'll have to look that up. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a sort of... Uh, dark crime drama um well light on the crime i guess um but yeah it was decent um there's a twist to it which is which was kind of eh um but there's some some good performances um (laughs) just this movie makes boston look fucking like the worst place in the world to live uh as as is usual with Pretty much any movie that's about Boston makes it look fucking terrible. Like, <laughs> I, w- I would like to see a movie about Boston that doesn't make it look like it's a complete shithole. Uh, well, Fever Pitch. I've never seen that, so I don't know. <laughs> Neither have I, but I'm assuming yeah. it's a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah. They make it, the, the, it's like one of those things that like, they make New York look like a magical place. Like, same thing yeah. with Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, just, they always go to like, the, the there's always like parts of town where people are like missing teeth and <laughs> like they're all in white beaters and I mean but to be honest all Boston movies are like written and directed by Matt Damon or Ben Affleck yeah that's right? true <laughs> that is true um, you know I yeah or in The Departed they just have such fucking ridiculous accents that I'm like I don't oh, even I care what's it. happening anymore I forgot about The Departed you know and then, yeah uh, you really don't like that movie huh? I like it I you know yeah. it's it's got some great things going for it but the accents is not one of them <laughs> uh, and it's that. got Mackie Mac, uh, yeah. who I'm not a fan of. Uh, but what? What? Why? No. I know. <laughs> well, he does have three nipples. Oh. Um. That's kind of that's kind of oh. funky. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, but I, I do recommend this movie. Um, it was a. Uh, Pretty well done. Uh, there was a few missteps with like some exposition that was unnecessary. It was a little too long. Um, which, by the way, Die Hard Two was a little too long. It did yeah, not need geez. to be two hours. Uh, so yeah, that's basically all I wanted to talk about. Uh, so um, if you're looking for some drama, Gone to Be Gone. Um, Alex, anything you want to talk about? Yeah. Oddly enough, I also saw uh, Skyscraper. Recently, oh yeah, starring starring The Rock, <laughs> regular and, Rock uh, Marathon going on over there, yeah. a Rockathon, and it was it was also good. It was also a fun ride, uh, as opposed to Rampage. It was a bit more serious, but it didn't it didn't feel like it was stealing stuff from other movies. It felt more like a, an homage or a love letter to like the old uh, '80s action movies, especially Die Hard. Of yeah, course, yeah, it looks like it should be called Sky Hard. <laughs> yeah, so. 
uh, I'm really glad that they didn't do this as like a oh a diehard reboot that it was its own thing. Uh, sure, uh, I'm sure that was a plus. But yeah, I loved it from beginning to end. It was a really cool uh, thrill ride, and of course, I mean the rock. Except for his early forays into like the Tooth Fairy or the game plan, I uh, can do no wrong now. It sucks, yeah, that too many of his movies came out in such a short concentration. Then this one and Rampage kind of bombed. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here, Alex, and uh, uh-huh. say there's probably a good chance that I'm not gonna find Rampage or Skyscraper <laughs> all that entertaining. You, uh, watch, you might. You gotta watch him first, Scott. Don't prejudge. I, That's what I will do in Russia. I'm, That's I'm, what Kevin I'm, McAllister did, I'm and going, then he learned a lesson. I've I've already contacted the precog unit. A little ball came out that that said, uh, <laughs> "All points signed to maybe." <laughs> uh, but yeah, if, if you're looking for a dumb action movie, yeah, skyscraper, it's cool. Nev Campbell, Nev Campbell kicks some ass. Nev Campbell, Nev Campbell, she's still alive. Jesus, yeah. no, I'm joking. Skyscraper, all time crush, Nev Campbell. Mm-hmm. Wild things, not for wild things, but. party of five yeah scream yeah there you go scream Mm. party of five that rom-com she did with matthew perry could i be in any more of a romantic comedy (laughs) that was the selma hike when you're talking about that was the uh oh god that was terrible yeah (laughs) and racist yeah anyway anyways Skyscraper. Eh, give it a shot, maybe. <laughs> sure, why not, Chief? <laughs> Rampage, too. Alright. Uh, I have one review. I I also went to the movies and saw... Is it called The Mule or Mule? Okay. Clint Eastwood's latest movie. Get out of my car. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. I mean, it's... I don't know if fun's the right word. It's a good movie. Um, it's good. I think it's a big advertisement for the Lincoln truck. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, they like, oh man, he like, trades in his old car. No oh, man, that's an awesome car. Yeah, you like it? It's got it. But uh, built, <laughs> built drug running hate. tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of hey, come with the truck. <laughs> yeah, it's serious, <laughs> but but fun. You know, it's it's old white man being racist, but it's not like Gran Turizo or whatever. It's not like that bad, but he does you know a little thing. Gran like Gran Turizo. Yeah, Grand, <laughs> Grand Chorizo. Grand Chorizo. This is the Mexican knockoff movie. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Actually, that's the Mexican porno movie for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Grand Chorizo. Mixing of sausages. <laughs> so I would recommend it. He looks really old. And he, he is. He's really old. He's 88 years old or 90 like years a old. A million years old. He's still directing, still acting, so kudos for him. But I guess yeah, I, Kirk. Douglas is still alive. He's like a hundred. He's Mr. Burns' age now. <laughs> I am Kurt Douglas. No, I am Kurt Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of the, the Simpsons. Old must have been an older season, or sorry, a, a newer season, when Mr. Burns is going to punch in the code for something, and he has to remember what it is. And he's like, "Oh yes, it's it's my birthplace," and he types in Pangea. <laughs> oh yeah, That's, I remember that one. <laughs> that yeah. was good. It's all right. That's all I got. Oh, yeah. Sp- uh, speaking of too. of Clint uh, still being alive, uh, um, Sandra Locke passed away recently. 
Who's that? Um, so um, she did a, a few movies with Clint in the seventies. They were together for a while. Um, she, oh, is she the one from like the Gauntlet? She's from the Gauntlet. Um, she was from one of the Dirty Harrys, I think. One of the Dirty Harrys. She was in uh, High Plains Drifter. I don't think she was in that. Oh, maybe. Was she in that Misty movie? Play Misty for me. Yeah. No, but the mom from uh, Rest Development was Jessica Walters. Really? Yeah, she played the 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 psycho. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yep. <laughs> Anything else, Jeff? No, but I was just gonna say the last Clint Eastwood movie I saw in the movie theater was In the Line of Fire. That came out of like ninety three, ninety four, and he was an old man in that movie. <laughs> too old to be in, in this like thirty years later. I'm like, oh, that the math adds up. He's like, yeah. I think I think I saw 90. Space Cowboys in the theater. I saw Absolute Power is the last movie I saw of his. In the movie theater. Yeah. All right. That's it. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Maybe Merry Christmas. I'm not sure. Merry Merry Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Yeah. We at Hans Shop First like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.